In our lives, new things are always exciting. We love new things, whether they be grand or simple things. When something is new, it is exciting to us. But in particular, when something is truly cherished, something truly desired is new, we really love that thing. Think of the love that parents have for a newborn child. Now, in my life as a priest, I don't often get to experience that firsthand, but one year I was actually home visiting my family in St. Louis, and my sister-in-law gave birth to he and, or she and my brother's first child. And I, it was the first and only time so far I've been able to go to the hospital that day and meet a brand new child. And it's a powerful experience, that new child. And such is the love and such is the excitement around this new thing that even things that a new child does or does for the first time in an older child can be cute and innocent, right? You hear that first time the child doesn't sleep through the night and mom and dad are kind of like, oh, isn't that great? You know, that's part of being a parent. Well, by the 10th time, it's not so cute. Right? In my ministry at St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University, we deal with a lot of new relationships. And it's so amazing that no matter what the other person does when they're in you know, that puppy love phase of a relationship, everything that other person does is so cute, so wonderful. But a month from now, a year from now, it's not as cute. It's not as wonderful. The newness wears off. And all of a sudden, we're left with the thing itself. And sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it drives you crazy. And the same thing happens in our faith life. The same thing happens in our relationship with Christ Jesus. We have these moments, praise God, where God reveals himself to us, whether that be in the silence of prayer, whether that be in an experience at Mass, or the power of hearing the words, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have these moments where we experience God and his mercy and love in such a profound way that our entire life is new and exciting. But over time, we recognize our own sinfulness. Those graces that we receive when we first started a life of prayer, or praying the rosary, or going to Eucharistic adoration, aren't as palpable and tangible. So what are we to do? In the second reading from the book of Revelation, God reveals to St. John on the island of Patmos, Behold, I make all things new. And it's important here, the verb here, I make, is present indicative active. It is happening right now. It's not, I will make all things new, or I have made all things new. God is saying to St. John and to us, I am making all things new. Such is God's love for us. Such is His zeal and desire to be in relationship with us and for us to know that love that in every moment of our life God makes it possible and makes it tangible for us for our entire life everything the good the bad and the ugly to be made new and beautiful and powerful and how does God do that love St. John tells us in his first epistle that God isn't like love. God isn't in relationship to love. God is love. And as Jesus says in the gospel, if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and God will glorify him at once. Such is the unity 
of the Father and the Son. Such is their divine nature that it is love. That thing that keeps us going, that thing that lifts us up, that thing that makes all things new is God himself, and that is love. But Jesus, knowing our hearts, Jesus, knowing that we are going to struggle, that we are going to suffer, that we are going to fall short, he tells us, don't just love one another, right? Because love can mean anything to anyone. We can, and we see this in our world, right? We just make up definitions for love. Jesus says this very clearly. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. Our lives are made new through the love of Christ Jesus and through our participation in that love. It's an objective thing. It's a knowable thing. It's not some grand mystery. What does it mean to love? Jesus lives his life and gives us an example, establishes the church, gives us the scriptures so that we can know what it is to love. And there are three things in particular I want to hit on that Jesus' example of love shows to each and every one of us. And if we want that newness of life, these are three things that we can do. The first thing is this. To love is to love in grace and truth. Grace is the life of God living within us. Just as the Father and the Son are one, God offers to us through His grace, which is often and most directly imparted through the sacraments and through prayer and through study of Scripture and through a life of virtue, God offers us that grace. He offers it to us. We participate that in that through truth, through loving and imitation of Jesus. Right? We can say to someone, I love you, but if I can say this to my mother, I can say, Mom, I love you. But if I was a teenager and I was saying, Mom, I love you, but I was taking $20 out of her purse every Friday, do I really love my mother? No, because love and truth have to be one. And God has told us that the steal is wrong. And so that grace and that truth is not just that I feel this way, but my actions are in accord but with which Christ has not only taught us, but shown us. I love you by dying for you. I love you by offering my life for you. I love you in accord with the teachings of Christ in His church. I love you by trying not to sin, by building a life of virtue, by changing my life again and again and again so that I'm stronger and stronger so that I can love you more and more. And God shows us that in His grace and gives us that in His truth. But not only does Jesus give us His grace and His truth and show us through that example... He also shows us in that wonderful example that we see in that first reading from the Acts of the Apostles. To love one another is to share the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead. We hear this example. Basically, the first half of the Acts of the Apostles is the Apostles in Jerusalem. And then we meet this guy named Saul, who becomes Paul. And then the rest of the Acts of the Apostles is, look at what this guy is doing. St. Paul is so consumed by the love of God. He is so made new by his grace thug and murderer that he was, that he cannot help but go to the ends of the earth and to share that good news. When our lives are desiring to be made new, let's share the goodness of God in our life. Let's share those moments where God has forgiven and healed, where God has helped me overcome a temptation or a difficulty or an obstacle. How beautiful and wonderful it is, and this is the power of the family, to be able to immerse yourself in that life in Christ and to talk about it deeply. 
in our work in, with young adults, we've, there's a, a sociologist, Christian Smith, up at Notre Dame, and he wrote a book recently. And basically he said this, do you want to pass the faith on to people who are close in your life? Have deep, meaningful, spiritual conversations with them about things that matter. Share the faith. Share the faith and new things come. When we share the faith, when we unravel that beautiful mystery of God in our life, our life may not make more sense. In fact, if I look at my own life, it's more confusing as I've given my life to Christ, but it's more beautiful and wonderful because it's new. It's exciting. I never anticipated being a Dominican priest, and when I became a Dominican priest, I never anticipated being in campus ministry. And yet it's beautiful and wonderful. Just keep saying yes and sharing that great gift of God's life within you. And the last thing is this that Jesus shows us in terms of how we are to make our life new. Serve the poor. Serve the poor. And the poor are not monolithic. The poor are not just those who are socially and economically marginalized. The poor are those who lack friendships and love. The poor are those who lack relationships. The poor are those who lack faith. We need to serve other people. Love, St. Thomas Aquinas tells us, great Dominican theologian, is to will the good of the other as the other in their state. When we put the poor at the forefront of our love and of our service, whether that be in a financial gift, whether that be in a gift of time, whether that be in a gift of giving of myself, when we do that, we share in the cross of Christ. Jesus shows us the great and perfect gift of love. He says, no greater love has this than to lay down one life for one's friends. We know our friends to be poor and in need. We know ourselves to be poor. And so we offer our lives. And when we do this, again, our life may not be the most easy. It may not make the most sense. But it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. In his confession, St. Augustine, in meditating upon God and the conversion that God has taken in his life, St. Augustine was living this life of dissolution. He was far from the Lord. He rejected the church. And yet God kept working on his heart, and eventually he came to give his life fully and totally to Christ. And he talks about God, and he says this, Late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, ever new. God is inviting each of us into a newness of life. Not once in a while, but every moment of every day. Where in your life are you feeling something is old or boring or ugly or broken? Bring that to Jesus. Because behold, I make all things new.